We're going to do a pastor's pop quiz. All right. All right. Maybe I can get a little jingle. On the edit. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, wait, there wasn't. <laughs> I didn't hear anything. Hey, everyone. Welcome to the Pastor's Hangover. My name is Melissa, and I'm so excited to chat and have a conversation today with some of the pastors at Grace Family Church. Yes. We have Pastor Hal Mayer. Good morning. Pastor Daryl Black. Hello. And the Craig Altman. Oh, the. The. I like that. Yes. All right. Sometimes I say the senior pastor, and I hate when they. You know, that means you're old. (laughs) It just sounds old, doesn't it? The. I like the. 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 Founding pastor. Founding. Wow. That also kind of means you're old. That's right. You're trying to compliment. Which one are you leading? Vibrant pastor. I don't know. Yeah. You're trying to figure it out. It's like when your grandkids decide what they're going to call you. Like, what do they they call you? Papa. Papa. Italian. Nona for David and Papa. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's a Sicilian background. My granddad was born in Sicily. Yeah. I did not know that. Supposedly in the mafia. I don't know how oh. that all worked, but yeah. Wow. It makes sense, though. Yeah, it does. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Preacher mafia. Yeah. That's, how, that's how we've gotten <laughs> certain deals with yeah. certain buildings and stuff like that. Hey, let me, let me, let me give you an offer you can't refuse. <laughs> great message this weekend Thank yeah. you. about God's faithfulness. What a great mm-hmm. reminder. Even when we're not faithful, you yeah. know, and... Uh, I don't know when you shared that story about Hagar and 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 just the whole situation with Abraham and some of the poor decisions they made. Yet God was still faithful to His promise. That's yeah. hard for us. We we struggle with God's grace sometimes. Oh know? yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and I think that's one of the biggest things that the enemy loves to do is tell you, "Oh, you've blown it." Yeah, mm-hmm. it's yeah. too late. Right. I mean, I I have people coming up to me afterwards, and it's crazy the number of people that that will go into the same lies. We all think that we're special in our sin or special in what mm-hmm. the enemy tells us, yeah. but it's he's like, yeah, it's like the enemy would just tell me that I am my sin. It's like, yeah. yeah. And then once you start believing that your identity is in your sin and not in God, it yeah. changes everything. Mm-hmm. But yeah, Abraham <laughs> messed up so many times. Yeah. Yeah. And but at the same time, he was the first he was the first one to try to, you know, really, really start doing this. There wasn't the Ten Commandments at this moment. There yeah. wasn't a lot of those things. And yeah. so he was trying to figure it out. But, uh, yeah, the, uh, the basically prostituting your wife out yeah, deal is one of those. You're like, what? Twice? Twice. Twice. Yeah, you, you would think after he did it the first time. Yeah. You'd be like, okay, I got it. And then yeah. you do it again. <laughs> you might want to go back and read in Genesis if you guys want to catch up with that yeah. story. Yeah. Oh, yeah. incredible. The, the and God's promise was he's still faithful to the promise in yeah. the midst of it. You know, I think mm-hmm. that's where we think we've blown it. I'm disqualified now. Yeah. And uh, you're not. Just get back up, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and, and I do think one thing I'd just like to you know throw out there that I didn't hammer home as much as uh, I, I just didn't have the time to was really the uh, the passivity of Abraham and the fact that his passivity showed up mainly with his wife, mm-hmm. like, hmm. and it seemed like in all the other areas, he led well, active, yeah. led well. But when it came to his wife, and it, it's kind of funny how it even mirrors like Adam and Eve, mm-hmm. and you know, Eve brought the apple, yeah, you know, and so just that idea of like what happens when, and really, I think it's either spouse, but when we choose to just sit back and go, yeah, sure, whatever, yeah, how it just That's it changes trouble. things, yeah, it always is. That's yeah. good. Hmm. Yeah. So, you know, if you ha- didn't get to see Pastor Hal's message, please go get caught up. Go watch it on YouTube or Spotify. God is faithful. Yes, he and is. this is week three yeah. of our Who yeah. is God series. And yeah. you need to see them all. Yeah. Yes. Right? They all go together. Yeah, they, they all do. are mm-hmm. telling the story and painting the picture of 
who God is and and what what he you know has done for you and yeah. Yeah. the character of God the attributes of God you know Tozer is it Tozer has a great mm-hmm. book on if you yeah. want to get good reading yeah the attributes of God he's mm-hmm. got a part one and part, part two of the two. book and yeah. man it just gives you just who God is and uh, it just increases your faith yep. you know mm-hmm. you got to know who God is if you're going to follow him yep I mean that's the or if you're going to put your faith in him yeah because yep. if like I said this week if you don't understand he's sovereign you can't believe he's faithful no like right. you can't it. it they go hand sovereign in hand. and not powerful. That's that's a contradiction. Right. Yeah. You, if you're in control of everything, you can have power over everything. Mm-hmm. You know? Absolutely. So, yeah. And then really, this week is going to be the part that I mean, I think it even sets us apart because I mean, we, you see all the gods throughout gods throughout history. The thing that they were never was holy. Yeah. Like, yeah. They were set apart. They weren't Different. good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so because it, it's an interesting thing, like people uh, always come up with you know, well, you say God is good, but well, up until that the John said that God was good, that he is love. Like, nobody thought gods were love. Yeah. yeah. Like, all the Greek gods, all the Roman gods, they played with people. Yeah. They, <laughs> they were with, not yeah. good. They were vengeful. And, <laughs> they were, yeah. yeah. And, and they messed with you, and they yeah. did awful things to you and all that. So yeah. it's like, when people say, oh, all gods came from the Satan, it's like, no. Yeah. <laughs> God is drastically different yeah. than every other god. So it's going to be a good one, huh? It's going to be a good one. I, good. I don't want to preach it now, but okay. it is. Yeah. yeah, this is. So are you going to sing at the end again? or just... Hal is going to sing. Hal's gonna sing. He's okay. going to come up and sing at the end. <laughs> all right. So that's what I'm looking for. Yeah, we're going to show the powerfulness of God. We're going to we're going to show the power of God through house. Uh, but yeah, God yeah. is holy will be uh, next week, which yep. I'm uh, this coming week. Yep. So I'm excited about it. It is awesome. It is the essence of everything. Like you, none of the other things matter if God isn't holy. Mm-hmm. And so it, his yeah. ho- the fact that he is separate from everything yeah. is what makes everything else so significant. So it yeah. that's good. That's cool. So just to, to s- stick with this past week's message yeah, right yeah. and dive in on god is faithful and we got a few questions this week and some of them are kind of miscellaneous so stick around to the end we yeah. might do a pastor's pop quiz here mm-hmm. but on god is faithful um you know one of the questions we got was what you were you know the story of abraham you're talking about god forgives our sins even when you do it twice even when you do it again yeah. whatever it is and and he moves on, but what if your flesh isn't, or what if people are yeah. stuck in that? What if I can't forget mm-hmm. what I had done? That's a great question. Can I can I say this? And it this sounds harsh, but it's true. It's a good way of saying something. Uh, that's also pride, the inability to forgive yourself, because somehow along the way we've we've put our sin above other people's. I think is what's happened, or if we believe that God can't forgive us. There's a sense in there that what I've done is bigger than. And so it, the hard part, and don't get me wrong, this is not an easy thing to do because there is times where you you are still in the center of seeing how your sin has affected other people. Mm-hmm. And that is going to be incredibly hard to walk through, incredibly hard to walk through. But to, to say God has forgiven me, but I can't forgive myself, who are we to say that? And I, and I know that that sounds simplistic in it, but it, but it's true. It's like, how, how can I say that I can't forgive myself when the God of the universe, who is holy, who is all-loving, all-knowing, all-powerful, yeah. can forgive me? Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I look at it, I like that part. And I look at, to add to that is, you'll never forget your sin. Yeah. So let's, we, we aren't designed to forget what we've done. Mm-hmm. And I think there's a humility in that. Yeah, I remember who I was. I remember what I used to do. But the other side of that is 
I gave that all to Jesus. Yeah. And he's forgiven me of that. And it, it, it makes us, it makes it easier for us to be able to minister to other people. Because when you see someone else who's done the same thing that you've done, you mm -hmm. can evangelize to them and, and witness to them and say, right. yeah, I've yeah. been through that too. And I have the scars to prove it. Mm -hmm. So I know what that's like. I've been through that hurt. I've been through that depression. I've been through that uh, prideful issue. So I know what that looks like and I know wow. what that feels like. And so I can minister to somebody in a much better way. So we don't forget our sin. Mm -hmm. God forgets it. But the, the part of saying that I can't, that I am my sin, that I won't forgive myself for sin, it's very prideful. It is you believing that God is not big enough mm -hmm. or you're not willing to go through the process of healing. Yep. And so, yeah, stuff happens. Who you hurt, whether you hurt yourself or someone else, you still got to go through the process yeah. of healing and, and restoration. And so saying that I can't forgive myself is you saying, I'm refusing to go through the process of restoration. And the other part of that, think about the two stories in the Bible. Uh, one is the Apostle Paul. His name was Saul. Yeah. He crucified and killed Christians. If yeah. he never would have forgiven himself, he never would have had the ministry God gave him. You are missing out on the ministry God has for you, the purpose God has yeah. for you, if you can't forgive yourself. Peter yeah. denied Jesus three times, but yet yeah. he's the first one to stand up and preach the gospel. Yeah. So the part of this that you got to see, too, you don't forgive yourself, you're missing out on the future God has for you to to minister to other people because yeah. if you're living in that self-condemning almost a self-pity yeah. you're, you're never going to step out for God because you're right. oh I'm not worthy because you haven't forgiven yourself so yeah. man we just you need to get there yeah yeah you got to focus wow. on the side of God that he can use the bad for good mm -hmm. yeah and and that's the part that I think we miss many times and I think a lot of times if you grow up in a very um old school environment where it was like you have to do everything right yeah uh, you can miss this side of it. Yeah. But it's also, what's what's crazy is we love all the big testimonies, yet we don't believe we can have the big testimony. Mm -hmm. Like, we love the testimonies of people coming back from stuff, but when it happens to us, we go, well, then I messed up, and I messed up God's plan. Right. Yeah. It's like, no. God has that ability. Now, I do also think that a lot of us, we don't want that to be our platform. <laughs> Yeah. Mm -hmm. We don't. There, there's a sense of pride too on the other side of it. Of, and I've had people say this before. I didn't. I don't want to be the person that's known for that. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, they once they step into it, they go, oh, because once you start to help other people in those same places, once you start to help other people see God's love, God's grace, God's mercy as you walk through it, yeah. it changes your view. Yeah, and also makes you realize we all, we're all screw ups. Yeah, <laughs> so we're all in that place. Yeah. But yeah, I, I get it that when we've, there's things in my life that I'm like, I still can have moments where I'm like, I can't believe I did that. Mm -hmm. Absolutely can't believe I did that. Mm -hmm. But if I am not willing to move past that, then God won't be able to use me because then I'm, I'm, I'm going to self-identify as that. Yep. Yeah. And so. One of the coolest things we did when we did our marriage conference last year, we had pastors on stage yes. sharing their story, pastors wow, and wives sharing that. their stories. And so of going through addictions and issues yeah. and whatever that was. And it was so, the, the comments and the feedback yeah. from people were, were like, I didn't know. Mm -hmm. Man, if, if they can be delivered from that, they can go through that and share their story, so can I. 
It builds a bridge of hope yeah, for those does. people. Absolutely. It, so it, it was the feedback we got over and over again. It was the best part of the conference. Yeah. yeah. Mm. But just because it, yeah, it, it does that. And people think, oh, everybody's got perfect marriages. No, I know Pastor Craig and Debbie have yes. never fought. Never but, an argument. Uh, 43 years. Which is amazing how different There's you guys an are. argument that I won in 43 years. <laughs> I just probably, say that. Probably more edit like that. <laughs> but, it, but it's true. Once you hear somebody else has gone through it, it's like, oh. That's why I, I've said before, one of the best things that can happen in a small group is somebody going, I've d- done the same thing. Mm-hmm. I've been there also. And that's what happens in groups is yeah. you realize I'm not alone. Mm-hmm. I'm not this weirdo that the, the devil has c- convinced me that I am, yeah. that I'm the only one dealing with this and other people are. Yeah, but, that's good. Yeah. Hmm. I just love the, the redirection. You don't have to black it out. You don't have to pretend no. it never happened. Redirect yeah. it to your testimony mm-hmm. and to glorify God. Yeah. Like you can repurpose it to glorify God. I think that was super helpful. Absolutely. Um, so another question we got on the story of Abraham and Isaac, mm. pastor Howell called it the story that people don't want to talk about. The no. story that never gets taught in children's ministry. Because well, then all the kids are going to afraid their, their parents are going to hear that from God. <laughs> <laughs> and it said, what you shared was, you know, child sacrifice was common. Yeah in demonic cults at the time. And so the question we got was, why does Abraham think that God wants him to do it? And what you were sharing with me was... He he told him. Right. Yeah. It wasn't that Abraham one day just went... God told him to do it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Right. God God actually told him to do it. Like, it was a very purposeful thing. But it wasn't common if for people that were following God, is what you were saying on stage. But culture was common. Culture was. but, But Abraham was... He was the beginning. Yeah. Yeah. Of the faith, yeah. He, like I, right. I, I'd say, he, most like a lot of historians believe he was a Philistine, mm-hmm. like up until what, probably like age fifty or something like that. So, like when God called him, he was he was getting older in age, and so actually age sixty five, I think is what it was. But and so up until that point, he had lived in that. So it, it was, it's not like this guy had a really a full understanding of even what it looked like to follow God. We didn't have the Ten Commandments. We didn't have right. a lot of things at that moment. And so he was kind of supposed to be figuring out as it was going and listening to God. And yet we see many times, like I said before, they went into Egypt. God said, don't go into Egypt. Um, but yeah, he, he, he literally came out of a culture. Philistines are known for that kind of stuff. But the part of the story that you didn't get to cover is he, when he said he's going to go ahead and sacrifice a son because he knew God had the power to raise him from the dead. Because mm-hmm. yeah. he said, we'll be coming back. If you read the story, he goes, we're coming back. Yep. And so, I mean, I know the emotion of that bothers us, but talking about believing in an all-powerful El Shaddai God, he goes, yeah. if I sacrifice him because I'm still believing a promise, then God's yeah. going to raise him from the dead. Yeah. That's, that's oh. powerful. Well, that's, the, that's what we talk about. There's times where Abraham has faith that is like off the chart. Yeah. Whoa. And then there's times where he doesn't. It's yeah. just, it's an, it's, it's crazy, but it is, it's us too. Yeah. yeah. That is us. And that's why I'm trying to get it. Like, guys, you're going to have times where you're going to be like, God can do anything in this moment. Then you're going to have times where I don't think God's doing anything yeah. in this moment. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, it still is. It's still one of the most mm. cringy stories in the Bible because you're like, ah, because we, I did. I had somebody come up to me on the pavers and go, do I not love God enough? Because if he would have asked me to sacrifice my kid right now, I wouldn't do it. And the yeah. was funny was the kid was standing right there. I'm like, no, that's not. Like you don't need to pray to get to a point where you'd be willing to sacrifice your kid. That you is know, not, we, yeah. <laughs> that is not a thing. We didn't see that again in the Bible. 
Um, Let me tell you a funny <laughs> story about that. We had a long time ago before you guys were here, we had a building campaign called Not Equal, Give Sa- Equal Sacrifice. Mm-hmm. And I took the story of Abraham and Isaac, which I think now is terrible to use for a campaign, building campaign. So I explained to our kids, our family, what should we sacrifice? You know, we're going to sacrifice as a family X amount of money. And I think we, you know, I had two kids at the time. They are probably eight or nine. I think, I think Brent said, uh, well, why don't we just sacrifice you know, Dara, Dara. we just, uh, you know, we can sell her or something. And, you know, it was just, I, you missed a point, but that was his sacrifice. <laughs> he just was, get rid of one of them. But you know, de- do you but realize the amount of money we were saving? He did, yeah. he, his interpretation was wrong, yeah. but he was yeah. listening. Yeah. Those selfish motivations there. But it's like, yeah. we could save so much money. <laughs> yeah. More toys for yeah. Brent. Oh, man. Yeah. That's funny. That's you know, it's, that's what I love about the Bible. If men would have wrote it, they never would have had that story. No. No. There's so many things, you know, uh, a whale swallowing a man, uh, the story of Abraham and Isaac, the story of David's right. adultery with Bathsheba. Man, yeah. if men wrote the Bible, he would have never made him. He would never make himself look that bad. Right. That's no. why we know it's yeah. inspired. I mean. Yeah. Here it is, laid out, the good, the bad, the right. ugly. Mm-hmm. Uh, of, of That's what uh, the, the Bible is not only historical, but it's an amazing story uh, that reveals the plan of God uh, right through men, yep. through mm-hmm. us, that he's going to yep. use us to do his work. And that's back to God is faithful yes. to people who are broken, but he's still going to use us. Think about all the people yeah. God used in the Bible, in your lives, our lives, mm-hmm. yeah. that God uses us in spite of us sometimes. Yep. and. Mm-hmm. That's the hope we got to have. He's faithful. It yeah. is. It, it's just if you just read through the Old Testament and you see how God positions His people and moves people around yeah. and how certain things lead to different things that end up in Jesus being born. It's just it's insane the, how that works together. And even like I said, the prophecies that went along with it. Like it's not just that yeah. like God made the shot; He called it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like yeah. He He told you exactly what was going to happen, mm-hmm. and He did it. And so like that's just. Back it to is. the sovereignty of God. Yeah. See, it yep. all weaves yeah. together, it man. It's just it's incredible. It's amazing. Absolutely. So one of the things that you really kind of hit on, how was, you know, Abraham being active sometimes and mm-hmm. passive sometimes in seasons of life, in his faith. Like, what can we learn from that to apply today? You know, the one thing I think you see in so many of the uh, the guys in the Bible who have these awful situations is they don't have anyone around them calling them out. They don't like they don't have anybody standing going, hey, this is a dumb idea. Like they don't have advisors or they don't have advisors they listen to. And so, I mean, in this moment, that's why he he needed somebody else to go, hey, no, just because your wife said you should sleep with her doesn't mean you need to sleep with her. Like this is not a good plan. You should have got a few elders that you think this is a good idea. I mean, he had to have had people. I mean, he had a big army. Like this was not, it was not just him and Sarah and Ishmael. Like he had a lot. He had people people that he trusted. Yeah. Um, And, and so with passivity, yeah, you got to have one relationship with God is paramount, but then you got to have some people around you because we're all going to have moments where we are either tired or just done. Yeah. And we're just going to go, you know what? This sounds better. Most bad decisions are made in isolation. Absolutely. They, they really yeah. are. I mean, yeah. we just don't, you know, they said there's safety in the multitude, multitude of counselors yeah. in mm-hmm. Proverbs. And uh, it, yeah, so that's, that's huge when it comes to, you know, those kind of decisions. So, yeah. What was the question again? The question was on active versus passive. Right. What did we learn from Abraham yeah. that we can apply? Well, what today? I've learned, I, I tell you what I've learned. I mean, I'm, 
served God now for many years, but I've learned don't react too quickly when a situation happens. Because if I look back, if I just take time to look at hindsight, mm-hmm. I see the fingerprints of God's faithfulness throughout my life when there was cloudy times, troubled times, times where I felt like I was in a valley. If I can just yeah. take a breath and look back, even though my situation currently looks terrible, yeah. but man, the, the, the reputation of who he has been in my life yep. keeps me from overreacting to a, mm-hmm. to a situation. Now it's hard yeah. to do that. Yeah. It's that whole verse, wait on the Lord, you know, mm-hmm. wait. But many times we don't wait, we react. And then our right. reaction causes us to get in deeper problems sometimes yeah. So. yeah we're like blow it up yeah <laughs> we're just done like well, that's just yeah. my advice happens, I give, yeah. just help yeah. me because yeah. i'm a very reactive person can right. respond quickly and i've learned to go take a breath it's not as bad as you think and then right. you can look back at the victories god gave you yeah right yeah. it's usually not as yeah. bad as we think but then we make it worse <laughs> yeah if yeah. we don't if yeah. we don't do exactly that right yeah. So, I mean, you're talking about being active in your faith, but sometimes that could look like slowing down in the world. Like, you know, not jumping to conclusions, Mm -hmm. not, you know, not, we're not saying be passive about it, but sometimes it's waiting on God or just trusting him more than, Mm -hmm. you know, you want to send that nasty text or whatever you're, you know, going to jump to do. Or like, how's that? Get a perspective of some others who are not in the middle of the situation. And, and, and hopefully people have had a little bit of a track record. Hey, you know what? I've, I've been there too. And here's what you need to do. Yeah. Yeah. That is awesome. Anything else on God is faithful. Anything about this message that we want to share? I know we're kind of trying to keep next week close to the vest, but if not, we'll jump to our pastor's pop quiz. That's what happened last week. We started we talking about sovereignty, questions. and I'm like, yeah. uh, start talking about faithfulness. <laughs> it's just because it's it, it's what you want to talk about. It's what you yeah. want to you want to get into. It's, it, we're in. It. I'm in it right now. But so it's. I think I the hardest thing still, people watching this, and I'm always thinking about that skeptical person where we're talking about God is faithful, and they've had something very terrible happen. Yeah. That we may not be able to explain till we get to heaven. Mm-hmm. Right. So where do they go from here? Yeah. And that's tough, and, and it's easier to say and harder to do. Yeah. Uh, you do have to get to a place where, and this person got upset with me one time. They were talking about the, some tragedy, and I said, I guess you're just going to have to forgive God. And he goes, what do you mean? I said, you just, you're holding God with this, and I don't, I can't give you a, I'm not going to try to give you this cute little Christian answer, right. but you have to somehow believe that God is good. And I know it's going to take some time for you to do that. That's why counseling or grief yeah. going through, and uh, it's hard. Mm-hmm. And so we're not saying yeah. it's easy. We just flippantly, God yeah. is faithful, but yeah. we've all been through stuff that we didn't understand. Right. And we just had to believe in the ultimate character of who he is, not just judge him on an isolated incident yeah. or tragedy. Yeah. But yeah. it's so easy to go there. So we get where you're coming from, mm-hmm. but man, that leaves you nowhere. It leaves you it does. stewing in your your bitterness, your disappointment, yeah. and I don't know. I, I we just pray that God will just put His arms around you and and just love on you. You know, He's still there, and I do. And I think it it does. It goes back to, and this is the such the danger of your first experience with God being this idea of if you give your life to Christ, then nothing bad will ever yeah, happen. Honeymoon to you. the whole time, and so it, people, when you go into it believing that, I, I tell. And the, here's the hardest part. God never promised those things. Yeah. You know where in the Bible do you see it saying God promises nothing bad will ever happen to you, your relatives, or the people around you? Like he, he just doesn't say that. Now, does that mean we don't feel it or anything like that? Absolutely not. Does it mean that God can't save them? Absolutely yeah. not. Mm-hmm. But but when we're looking at God's faithfulness 
and this is tough, if he never promised to do it, why are we holding him to it? And so that's that's the hard part, and that's when we got to take a step back, and that's why I always tell people that's why it is so important to look at the early church mm-hmm. because what they went through was the Christian life. Yeah. And so just because we have it really so much better in the United States right now with yeah. where we're at and the lack of persecution you know, that is coming and all that, it's just it's a very different environment. Yeah. Yeah. And so it's what he offers is still so much more. Sure. But and it's, they it's had tough. both. They had the miracles, but then they had right. the other stuff too. They did. Yeah. yeah. They had they miracles. Did. I mean, come on. They but, did. Yeah. yeah. I think one of the things we've done in this series and, and we'll do next week is we're doing the best we can to define who God says he is. Because mm-hmm. uh, some of the challenge that we have in not accepting certain things is that we've personally defined who we think God should be. Mm. Yes. And so good or bad, we've, we've given God human attributes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because my my marriage failed, then God is un- not good. faithful. Mm-hmm. It's like, no, God is not. God is not the failure of your marriage. God is not the person who hurt you. God is not. So we've we've put God in this box, in this category that if this has happened to me, then this is how God will respond as well. Yeah. Because my father didn't love me well or my mother wasn't around, whatever that is. And we give those things to God. Mm-hmm. And then we treat God like he's human. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so that becomes the challenge. I think we, yep. we really got to spend more time in going, let me find out who God is, mm-hmm. right. not my version of God. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and, and then when we don't get the things that we want, it is because we've made God Santa Claus. Yep. Mm-hmm. And like you're there to give me what I asked for. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And God is not a genie in a bottle. He's not a Santa Claus. He yep. is God. And when you, when you really understand the sovereignty of God, then you go, there's going to be some things I don't understand. Yeah. Mm-hmm. God is only knowable by what he lets us know. Right. Our so, minds are so finite. Yeah. Here we are trying to talk about who God is. Right. It's, we're right. So, are you do, kidding me? Yeah. We'll never yeah. totally little? understand, but we're doing a. We're just trying to give you guys a right. glimpse of our experience. And yeah, what, exactly. What the, if you just think about yeah. this way, God has been around forever. Can, do your little kids always understand why you're doing something? Right. No. Do you do they always understand why they're being punished or why they're being told no? No. Yeah, and we hate the idea that we're little mm-hmm. kids. Yeah, but we are. But we are compared to him. Co- and compared his to a you know a, a being a, a being that has been always been alive that created us all those things like we are little kids. Our understanding is mm-hmm. such a small yeah. portion, and we think we have so because we do. There's yeah. more information now than there's yeah. ever been. Yeah, but it still pales in yeah. comparison to the amount of information that God and has. He still talks about a childlike faith, right? Come yeah. to yeah. me like little yeah. children, and children just you have to be. They just they can. They can believe they're mm-hmm. they're uh, naive in a good way, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. My daddy said it; he's gonna do it. Yep, kind of, you know. That's it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Well, that's really yeah. exciting. I think this has been a powerful series, and just my experience in understanding who God is and His character. Like the more that I pursued Him, the more I understood what you guys were talking about. I think when I was, you know, a baby Christian or just just wasn't really pursuing God. I was like, all those are just big words to me. <laughs> like they yeah, didn't have good. any meaning. And then when you listen to the messages and you read the word for yourself, you, yeah. you start to see it yeah. in your life. What's always been there, yeah. you know, that, that his, his character doesn't change. So, mm-hmm. Amen. So thank you yes. guys for what yeah. you've been sharing. Oh. All right. So we're going to do a pastor's pop quiz. All right. All right. Let's do it. Maybe I can get a little jingle on the edit. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, wait, there wasn't. <laughs> I didn't hear anything. We, we, we didn't plan for that. All right, Pastor's Pop Quiz. We just got one hot off the press. Mm-hmm. My husband texted me, hey, I know you're in there right now. Okay. Like, 
Could oh. you ask Craig this question? Uh-oh. Uh-oh. I might pass it on. We'll see. Um, does Pastor Craig think the NFL is scripted? Oh, oh, oh. man. There is no conspiracy in the NFL. I mean, I believe that uh, – I, I really do. I just think that we, we think too much. Now, are there certain calls maybe a little biased? I, I think even as a referee, sometimes if it's can go one or the other, I have a hard time believing they can totally be unbiased. I yeah, think okay. they try, but there's – but and I know we get concerned. They always say follow the money. Like they want uh, – right now I've heard the word that they want San Francisco and Kansas City because that's the biggest market. Mm-hmm. It's going to produce the most money for the NFL. But I just can't go down that hole. I, I, yeah. I just, you know, I no, I don't think it's scripted. Quick, quick, quick answer. All right. So, any thoughts on that? Any, any thoughts? I agree. There's no perfect. There's there's humans playing the game, and there's yeah. human ref in the game. Yeah. And so it's like we've watched games. We've watched games together. Yeah. Go. Yeah. There's listen. Some bad calls there, but yeah. But I don't. It is. It is what it level, is. Yeah. That level. Yeah. No. All right, Ed, dig yourself out of the conspiracy hole. Yeah. yeah, there's definitely yeah. been times where I'm like, but no, no. I, I do. What's interesting, though, I would say in places like the NBA, they're, they they seem to allow certain trades and not other trades and stuff like that to make certain markets get bigger. But oh, yeah. That now, that, d- that does happen. The Chris Paul thing. And oh, the, yeah. So that that, that whole, definitely happened. But, that does happen. But that is not the game. Yeah. That is just, right. but yeah. All wow. right. Thank you, Pastors Pop Quiz. Next, is Grace Family Church a five-fold ministry? Uh, not purposefully. I'll put it that way. Uh, so fivefold ministry is Tell people what the five it, it's fold a is. you know it's a it's a great idea. Prophets, teachers, uh, apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, teacher, and it goes off of basically uh, in Ephesians four talking about Paul saying churches should have these things, but it doesn't really lay out what how they're supposed to do it. It doesn't say this is what they're supposed to do or anything like that. And so I feel like I feel like there's been an entire ministry model put around and added to around one verse. Do I now? Here, here's what I do believe: there should be a diversity of leadership in the church, absolutely. And I think that's where they get a lot of it. But the idea that you need to have these things doing exactly these things is just it. it I, I don't. You don't see that anywhere else else in the Bible. And I also well, this question comes just from interesting. It comes from I, I. I'm not judging. I assume this person comes from a very charismatic background, mm-hmm. which I come out of. Mm-hmm. And and the yeah. fivefold ministry was a, a huge term. And yeah. uh, and I think the better question would be. Uh, do we believe in the prophetic, the apostolic, the mm-hmm. teacher? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I just know that I think the church in the last days needs to be able to see mm-hmm. beyond what we see here. Mm-hmm. Apostolic is really the initiation of building of something. There's, an, there's actually an apostolic kind of gift on what I have done. Mm-hmm. I mean, what God has done through me. Yeah. The gift of teaching. Uh, we see that the teaching gift that these guys have. So evangelist, I mean, there's a little bit of that mixed yep. gift in me. I mean, but I think those five gifts need to be operating mm-hmm. at some level in your in your in your churches. But to designate it to strategically is how it needs to happen. And and so for my charismatic brothers, then if that's true, then there should be a, a tongues and interpretation of tongues and and all those kind of things we get into. And I, you know, I mean, that's just something that, like, I'm spirit filled. Mm-hmm. You know, and I speak in tongues, uh, but it's not the only thing at Grace Family Church. I mean, we, we have to look at the whole of what we do, and our weekends are designed a specific way to mm-hmm. say, okay, we want to we wanna be able to preach the gospel. Uh, we, we want the Holy Spirit uh, in our services, yeah. Yeah. but do you see uh, some of these manifestations 
uh, it's hard when you have 2,000 people in a room or trying to identify uh, some of these gifts that I used to have to deal with in my, with my charismatic background because then it began to be this man-manipulated kind of thing that would happen. Mm -hmm. and, and I'm not trying mm -hmm. to offend that person who wrote that, but I believe the, the five gifts operate at Grace Family Church. Yeah, you know, And I don't think it's weekend. one person is one gift right. either. It can be because a mixture, or, I, yeah. Yeah, I've taken the fivefold yeah. test, and I'm like three of them. Yeah. So yeah. it's it's. So you're just a three star guy. I'm just a three star See, guy. So. That's what it is. Uh, okay. I'm yeah. not a five star like you, yeah. Pastor Greg. Yeah. But no, uh, I, I'm six yeah. star. I sing too, but they don't there count that. Go. That's not. That's not. Yeah. In, that's not. That's in not there. in there. But, <laughs> but no, I. Yeah, I like the idea behind it. The idea that everybody should be using their giftings. Yeah. I think that's a good thing. But the idea that this person can only do this. It, yeah. That, you it, can't it put can, just we don't put God in that kind of box. Right. Like I had when yeah. I first started Grace, coming out of a very charismatic background, I had a person that came in and said, we well, pretty much he would judge how our the judge of God was there by how many people fell out, right, mm -hmm. or how many yeah. uh, prophetic words were given, and that yeah. was what he determined to be a good service. And yeah. I've wow. realized that's not necessarily the case. In fact, I've had times in a service where. No one raised their hand to get saved. Nothing I thought happened. And then later, some guy in the back row said, came to me, I sat in the back row and gave my life to Christ right there. The Spirit of God convicted me. Mm -hmm. Never stood up, never said anything, never told anybody. But yeah. we don't know what God's doing right. in those 65 minutes. But believe yeah. me, we need the power of the Holy Spirit. We yes. need the yeah. flow of that, that mixture of those gifts in our in the body everywhere, every local yes. body and the church body in general. But Daryl, you come out of some of that too, don't you? A I did. Bit? I did come out of a lot of that. Mm -hmm. uh, and I think what I learned ultimately when I'm looking at Ephesians four eleven, Paul is talking to the big church. He's not just talking to Ephesus. So the universal saying, church. Yeah, he's okay, saying that's good. these these are the gifts that are available and the ministries to the church. Does every small C church going to have these yeah. in fivefold? Of course not. We are a body. Mm -hmm. And so even even when we think about a, as a body, there are some churches that do things better than other churches yep. do. Mm -hmm. there, there are some churches that I love that they are so mission-oriented yep. that I wish that I could be right. like that. But that's not my gifting. That's their gifting. So great, you do that well. And so you, I can't, I can't say, well, man, we're supposed to be doing it like you guys are supposed to be doing it. No, you're the foot. We the pinky, mm -hmm. so you, we, we the hand. You be you, we'll be us, yeah. mm -hmm. and we're. I love it for the body yeah. of Christ. Uh, so, do we believe in the fivefold ministry? Absolutely, for the body of Christ. Yeah. And so, as long as the body of Christ is doing that, yeah, we good. It's funny you say. Yeah. I know the uh, church that I so respect their teaching ministry is off the charts great. But then I talk to other people. But the evangelistic part, they're like. They just they're just more of a teaching, and that's right. good. Yeah, the people need to be taught and discipled, and uh, and that's a good thing. But the giftings are a little different in, in each yep. church, you yep. know. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So I yeah. like what you said, and that's okay. Yeah, that's okay. Yeah, yeah. that's okay. Awesome. I think that's going to be really helpful for some people. Um, third and final question on our pop quiz: How would you respond when people ask why God placed a snake in the garden? Well, first of all, the snake is the devil, right? That's what we're all talking about. And you got to go back to the beginnings in the, in the heavens, yeah. right? There was a war in heaven, if you look at Scripture. And Satan said, I want to be like God. And God said, no, you're not. And he flicked him down to earth. And that's just the background mm -hmm. of the story. But then that asks the greater question of people, well, then why did God put evil in the world? You know, why, why is there a – and I, I would just say this. I don't know all of that, but I do know – it comes back to God wants us to choose, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know, and 
whatever the reasons, and he's a snake in the garden. God had a purpose and a plan for mankind. He wanted a relationship with us, and uh, but he didn't want us to be robotic. He didn't want us just just to love him because he wanted us to choose. Yeah. He wants us to choose him because that's what what real love is. And, uh, and that does tie into the snake in the garden because yeah. Satan was on the earth and God has this sovereign plan that's still going to yeah. happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and the, actually the enemy's part of that plan, you know, I mean, that's just, I yeah. mean, we live in a broken world and, uh, I believe in good and evil and, uh, but really trying to explain if God, I mean, it comes back to so many questions. If God is a God of love, then why? Um, I just know that God has this amazing plan. And he said in the beginning, this is how he set it up. And, uh, and there's a reason, uh, for evil. And, uh, I think it's hard for us to understand sometimes how God can take what evil plans a man has or a demon has, and God still gets glory through it. Even as the story of Joseph or what Satan thought he was doing when he destroyed Jesus actually brought salvation to many. Right. He, 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 he got people to crucify the savior which is exactly part of god's plan mm-hmm. yep mm. so his there's no nothing that can thwart the plan of god it comes back yeah. to his sovereignty and yeah. his purpose i don't know if that answers why there is a snake but give a shot one of yeah. you guys I'm, no i think it's just the choice thing there is no love without choice yeah and there is no free will without choice yeah so and that's what god wanted to create he wanted us to choose wanted us to choose it was what's interesting to me. You never see the moment where Adam and Eve go and talk to God about the snake. It's like you get to talk to God every day, but that's but that's mm-hmm. a part of it. I think whatever relationship we have with God over time, if there there's nothing in front of us, it doesn't change. We take it for granted anyway. Yeah. yeah. And so they probably yeah you know I do, but this looks interesting. And Adam just sat there. You know, what I find interesting, which Double. I've always thought mm-hmm. uh, it happened when I uh, as a kid I watched Doctor uh, Doolittle, but. Um, Dr. Doolittle, boy, that's a good one. It was, <laughs> I I was always taken by the fact that Eve is having a conversation with the snake, and it doesn't seem strange. Mm. It, it, Eve is not going, this snake is talking to me. Mm-hmm. She's engaged in conversation with the snake, and Adam is near her. So I, I would always think that clearly they were able to communicate with animals on a certain level that wasn't strange which is strange to us now but clearly it wasn't strange to them then because no one's surprised like even when we talk about the story now no one goes eve was talking to a snake we just go well eve was talking to a snake Mm -hmm. eve was talking to a snake guys yeah Hmm. they were having an audible conversation and no one is surprised by this yeah. That she's talking to us now. So, all in all, I think I think when that we, just threw us all for a that just there. that was just a sidebar. But yeah. I think all in all, when answering the question is, I mean, they did a great job it, it, answering the question. Is we we think sometimes when we ask questions, we're thinking God is looking at time linearly. Well, why did God do this, and then this was going to happen, and then He knew this was going to happen. God knew the plan and the purpose before he created anything. He saw how it was going to happen, what was going to do what. When God created Satan, he knew what he would do. Mm -hmm. So it's not, nothing is outside of God's sovereignty and his omniscience. It's God's knowledge isn't based on what's going to happen. God's knowledge is based on what's in, he already knew. It's already happened. There's no past, present, or future. There's only the eternal now. So Mm -hmm. 
God knew all of these things before he created anything. And then he said, I'm still going to do it because it fits my plan. So I think when we ask those questions, well, if God is a God of love or if God is this and God is this, mm -hmm. then why would he do this knowing this was going to happen? The answer to that is, yeah, exactly. Mm. He did all this knowing this was going to happen so that he, he, he can have relationship with us yeah. so that we would choose him. Yeah. So cool. Yeah. Wow. What an exciting episode. We yeah. covered so <laughs> many good. things. Good. This was awesome. Thank you guys a ton. Hey. We appreciate you all sharing with us each week. And thank you guys for joining us today for another yes. episode of The Pastor's Hangover. We will see you next week. Bye.